0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.
1: It is a new year. And uh, usually in a new year, uh, the new year is filled with expectations and resolutions. Uh, you, you know what a resolution is, right? It's something you write down and then you don't do But otherwise, uh, uh, no, resolutions, we write them down. We make big plans. A uh, lot of times, new year is filled with anticipation because we're expecting new things. But I, I just want to, to, to drop this out there for you. I wonder how many of us also, if we were honest... We would admit that in the back of our minds, when we begin to enter a new year, uh, a lot of times in the back of our minds, we wouldn't tell anybody, but in the back of our minds, there's a little bit of trepidation, uh, a little bit of doubt, perhaps just a little bit of fear, because um, as excited as we are about the new year, we can also admit this. Uh, We were also excited at the beginning of last year. And we also had some of the same resolutions on 2016, January 1st, 2016. Uh, we had some of the same resolutions that we have this year. And so there's this little, a little bit of uh, a struggle because we, we think about the plans that we made last year. And now 365 days later, we're still where we were. So try as we might to get excited about 2017 and maybe you, you shot off the fireworks that woke those of us that went to bed early uh, up uh, and maybe you, you were all excited and watched the ball drop or watched the ball go up, or whichever way it is, uh, uh, but, but, but in the back of your mind uh, there's this, this, this measured response because of past pain and maybe past disappointment about New Year's. So, as we step into the pages of what is technically an unwritten 2017, I want us to take a moment and I want to challenge you to do this. I want to challenge you as we begin uh, 364 more days of this year, 64 and a half, because we hadn't finished this day. I want to challenge you to examine your own life and determine this this one thing Are you full? We're going to spend a significant amount of time at the beginning of this year dealing with this issue right here because I have become convinced that your fullness will determine what overflows into every other part of your life. Whatever you're full of overflows into the rest of your life. So my question then to begin this year is why should we even expect to live a full life? Why why, as believers should we even lay claim to uh, this concept that our life should be full? Why, why should we feel that way? Well, I want to take you back Uh, Those of you that joined us for our Christmas service, it was the last time we worshiped together in 2016. And I read a a passage, an extended passage of scripture out of Isaiah chapter 53. I read verses 1 through 10. But the last verse that I read to you as we worship together, I want to read to you as we begin this year by worshiping together. It was Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. It says this The plan was that he, Isaiah prophesying about Jesus, give himself as an offering for sin so that he would see life come from it, life, life, and more life. And then we fast forward into the New Testament, and Jesus arrives on the scene, and in John chapter 10 and verse 10, most of you can quote this if you've been saved very long, but I want to read it to you again because now Jesus, recognizing that he's fulfilling what Isaiah is prophesying, says this, he says, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus saying this about himself, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And then Paul jumps on the bandwagon in Colossians chapter 2, beginning of verse 9, he says this, You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope. To realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without Him. When you come to Him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Let me read it a different version. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. It is prophesied... And then Jesus shows up and lays claim to that divine appointment. So now what we do is we say this. Jesus came to save us, and he did. We say this. Jesus came to bridge a divide that we had with the Father so that we could have relationship with the Father, and he did. We say that Jesus came to provide a way for us to get to heaven, and how many of you know he did? But may I tell you this morning that it is an incomplete understanding of his goal and his role if we only believe that Jesus came to provide salvation. the, The accurate and the mature understanding is knowing that salvation was only a part of the picture. He came to save, but he also came to enable us to experience fullness in this life. I, I love tradition, I love the, uh, the, the, the foundation that, that God has provided for me from my family for generations after generation, but the one place that the older generation may have gotten it wrong, or at least they focused too much on it, was the I'll fly away mentality. I, I'm never going to have any joy here, I'm never going to have any peace here, I'm never going to have any fullness here, so let's just get out of this place. But Jesus didn't just come to save us, he came to provide fullness Paul says, in Christ, we have been brought to fullness. And so my, my dilemma is, is that as we step into 2017, some of us are so empty and, and so depleted that the idea of fullness seems like a fairy tale and a fantasy. That's why you struggle to even uh, look forward to this year. So what I want to do is I want to take a moment this morning and then and, and extended time as we begin this year to examine some passages of scripture that I think will help us. The first one is an instance in Jesus' life that I think speaks directly to where most of us are on the first day of a new year. It's John chapter 2. It begins in verse 1. It says this, Three days later there was a wedding in the village of Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were guests also. When they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him they're just about out of wine. And Jesus said, Is that any of our business? Think about that. He said, Is that any of our business, mother? Yours or mine? This isn't my time. Don't push me. He's pretty brave talking to mama like that. He didn't have the mama I had, because okay, y'all, some of y'all, y'all don't even know. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) she went ahead anyway telling the servants whatever he tells you do it Six stone where water pots were there used by the Jews for ritual washings. Each held 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. Now fill your pitchers and take them to the host, Jesus said. And they did. And when the host tasted the water that had become wine, he didn't know what had just happened. But the servants, of course, knew. He called out to the bridegroom. Everybody I know begins with the finest wines. And after the guests have had their fill, brings in the cheap stuff but you've saved the best till now. Some things I just want to point out. Um, This account shows us, Mary understood, that this family that was celebrating a wedding was about to experience significant embarrassment. Uh, Ever run out of refreshments when you've had guests over? That was their situation. They just ran out of refreshments. They're about to run out of refreshments, and it was going to be embarrassing. This account shows us this truth, and I think we need to grasp this truth this morning. Uh, Being empty is embarrassing. Being empty is embarrassing. In our own personal lives, as we begin to embark on 2017, may I tell you this morning that many of us are empty, and it's embarrassing. Not because we have lack, but, w- but rather we find ourselves in an embarrassing situation, not because we don't have, but because we know we're not supposed to be empty. That's why we're embarrassed. In fact, the, the, these thoughts go on in our mind as, as we begin to examine 2017. And some of us are exp- examining our own spiritual life and recognize there's an emptiness there. And, and we begin to, be, we duck our head because the, these things go over in our minds. We should know better than this. I mean, if you, if you examine our lives, you think about our lives. Many of us came from very strong, powerful Christian homes. We shouldn't be empty. We should be full. And yet we find ourselves embarrassed because we're running low. For some of you, it may be this. Uh, the enemy may hit you with this one. You should be embarrassed about being empty because you've, you know, you've read the Word and you've gone to the conferences and the seminars and you've listened to the tapes and you've listened to great preaching all of your life and now all of a sudden you find yourself at the embarking on 2017 and you find yourself empty. What's wrong with you? We duck our heads. For some of you, you graduated Bible college and you shouldn't find yourself... And yet, we find ourselves empty, and and so this is what we do. We fake fullness. We become empty because we leak, but we don't want anybody to know about it. In fact, we've taken our clue from Moses, because, you know, Moses went and had this face-to-face encounter with God. There's only one problem. He radiated with the glory of God, but... We know this because we do this too. We encounter God and yet he began to fade. The glory begin to fade. So Mo, this is what we do. We take our clue from Moses. Moses put on a veil so that the people would know that he was actually fading in the glory of God. And don't we do the same? We come to church week after week all year long. And when people ask we're, how we're doing, we're blessed. And we're, 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 we're blessed. And oh yeah, we're blessed. And we're blessed. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. And, and we don't want anybody to know that there's no glory in our life. And that we're empty. And that we're leaking. And so we fake fullness. How many of us are running on empty in spite of the promise that we're supposed to be full? So here's the question. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions this morning. If we're empty, is that our fault or is that God's fault? I I would suggest that it's ours. And may I suggest to you some reasons why we end up there. I believe that we are empty because we try to become full of the wrong things. We are becoming stuffed with substitutes that do nothing but take up space, but they don't feel. In fact, they simply clutter our lives. They may provide momentary satisfaction, but they don't provide any long-term solutions. So many of us are full of filler, but we're not full of fullness. Because anything that is empty, we will feel. Okay, let me backtrack and say this to you. Mary knew that her son could not escape his divine job description. So go back to the account. They're in an empty situation. Mary recognizes it, realizes it, and she calls on Jesus to do something about it. And I want you to notice what happens. Jesus steps in ahead of schedule to resolve the emptiness of the situation, even though he said, this isn't my time. Okay, y'all missed it. I'm okay. Jesus cannot help but feel things because he didn't arrive to leave things empty. He says about himself, I came so that they may have life, talking about our spiritual condition, but now it's lived out in a very practical, tangible way. Jesus couldn't leave stuff empty. And so, my question then is this. What caused him to respond to resolve their empty problem ahead of schedule? What caused him to resolve this issue? Even though he tries to push back and even though he is attempting to keep his own power and ability and identity under wraps. This isn't on my schedule. I didn't have it in my iPhone. I didn't have it on my calendar. It wasn't written down on my day planner. This wasn't what I had intended, mom. This is ahead of schedule. Leave me alone and yet he still responds. What forced him to act? Okay, this is what I think happened. I think that when Mary sees Jesus pushing back and saying, this is not my time, recognizing the emptiness of the situation, she responds like this. She says, whatever he says, do it. And this is what I think happened with Jesus. I think Jesus hears this. I... In the supernatural, I think he hears this. I think he hears like a kid sitting down at a computer and typing in a cheat code. And we go forward in level. I think, I think Jesus in, in, the, in the supernatural hears this. I think he hears the combination. I think Jesus hears this. I think he hears in the supernatural this key. I think Mary understood that obedience is the master key that unlocks fullness. And when she says to to, to the servants, whatever he says to do, do it. I think in that moment, Jesus hears a master key inserted to the miracle on the lock, the lock that is on the miracle that they need. And so this morning, I want you to hear me. Some of you are behind schedule. In experiencing fullness simply because you won't obey. Some of you are as empty on January 1st, 2017 as you were on January 1st, 2010. Simply because you have not obeyed what God said to do. He would have been able to fill you already to fullness. But because you are trapped in disobedience, He cannot fill you. Y'all, y'all aren't helping me this morning. Hey, See, he told you to break up, but you didn't do it. He told you to, to quit worrying, but you won't quit worrying. He told you to, 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 to hold on, but you let go. He told you to give up but, and move on, but you won't move on. He told, he told you to stay in there and fight, but you won't fight. He told you to stop this or stop that or change this or change that, but you won't obey. And because you won't obey, you leak. He will not leave you empty. He cannot leave you empty if you obey. It goes against His nature. It goes against His mission. It goes against His appointment. He will in fact change the schedule if you will simply obey. So there's a flip side to this. The flip side is this. Some of you weren't supposed to experience fullness until later this year. But you decided on January 1st to obey. And Jesus will change the schedule. Some of you weren't supposed to be healed until six months from now. But because you obeyed him today, all of a sudden he adjusts the schedule and he fast forward. You typed in the cheat code. You turn the key in the lock and a miracle takes place simply out of obedience. Some of you weren't supposed to see breakthrough until 2018. But because you sowed in 2017, you find yourself experiencing fullness simply out of obedience. So I have some questions. Are you tired of being empty? Push him with obedience. Are you tired of being in chains? Push him with obedience. Are you tired of being broke? Push him with obedience. Are you tired of being sick? Push him with obedience. Are you tired of being in struggle? Push him in obedience. Are you tired of being in this war? Push him with obedience. If you would simply obey, he will adjust the schedule in your life. But you got to push him with obedience. Obedience leads to fullness. Obedience leads to fullness. Obedience leads... To Come on, touch your don't don't touch your neighbor. Y- Y'all too nice sometimes. I want you to push your neighbor and say, I'm pushing him to feel me. Come on, push him, push him hard, push him. I'm pushing him. I'm pushing him to feel me. So the question must be asked and answered. And it's gotta be answered correctly. What are we supposed to be full of? If he came to fill us up to overflow, then we are supposed, what are we supposed to be full of so that we would overflow? Do we even know? Because here's what, we don't, here's what, what I recognize. If we don't know, we become full of busyness. And if we don't know, we become full of trouble. And if we don't know, we become full of meaningless mess. And if we don't know, we become full of stress. And if we don't know, we become full of cares. And if we don't know, we'll become full of career. And the list goes on and on because a, a void will always be filled up with something. Unless we know what we should fill up our life with, then that space will be filled up with something. Because don't we do that with everything? We If there's silence, don't we fill it? I mean, we get in the car and it's quiet and we'll turn on the radio. We don't even like the songs playing, but we play it anyway because we don't like the space there. We do that in our time. We we struggle with any downtime. We'll fill it. We're supposed to go on vacation and we'll schedule it out minute by minute and fill it up with something. We do that in relationships. So if we don't know what we're supposed to be full of, we will fill it. And we'll find ourselves just as empty as we were before. So this is my challenge for this year. And I'm going to throw this at your feet and leave it with you. If Jesus came and gave his life to make us full, then are we going to settle for emptiness this year? If he came and gave his life, to not just provide salvation But to also provide fullness Are we going to settle For walking through this life Empty Are you going to be satisfied with less than fullness When he promised you Life and life more abundantly Here's the truth um, Some of us are running on empty. And you aren't anywhere close. To being full of what Jesus promised you. And you have filled up the space. And it's obvious. And it's embarrassing. You're empty. Some of you have been empty so long. That you don't even know what you're supposed to be full of. And over the course of the next about six weeks, we're going to break it down one by one, the things that we should be full of. But I'm going to ch- challenge you to find yourselves full of these things that will enable you to be full of fulfillment. But you've got to push past empty. You've got to make up your mind that you don't have to be empty anymore. You've got to come to grips with the fact that you can not only be, but you are supposed to be full that together as we follow after Christ and as we live for Him, there's supposed to be this fullness about us. In fact, we're supposed to be so full that we overflow. And yet, too many of us settled for emptiness. So, two things real quick, and not just as a repeat, but very practical. If we're going to spend the next few weeks I'm still not sure how many. I know at least six. I'm, I reserve the right to stay in this till we get it. Okay. But if we're going to do that. Then first we got to obey. We got to do what Jesus says to do. Some of you are going to hear me talk about these things that we are supposed to be full of. And you won't be able to go with us because you won't obey. And if you're filled with disobedience, then you're going to leak. And you'll never be able to go on this journey with us. I want to challenge you that if Jesus has told you to do something, do it. Do it now. Start the year off now. Do it right now so that you will be filled with obedience, so that as we talk about these things that we're supposed to be full of, you'll be able to be full of those things. And you won't leak. It's time to obey what he said for you to do. And then second, I want to say to you this morning, is that you cannot experience fullness if you won't admit the emptiness. In this this account, and, and then I'll get out of your way, the only way that Jesus knew that there was a situation was that Mary readily admitted there was a situation. She brought it to his attention. Hey! Jesus over there minding those, his own business, eating the little white powdered sugar wedding cookies that I love and I can't eat anymore. I mean, he, like, he's got like, white powdered sugar all in his beard and stuff. I mean, he's, he's minding his own business. And Mary goes, hey, there's a problem. And because she brings it to his attention and admits there's a problem, he resolves the problem. I want to challenge you this morning is that we are literally taught to hide and mask emptiness. We want everybody to think that we're so holy that we glow. I mean, I, I don't know about y'all, but I like levitate out of the bed every morning. I'm so holy. I mean, I'm just laying there and when the, when the alarm goes off. I'm so holy that I just kind of float out of the bed and then I straighten up and walk out. Don't you? I mean, everywhere I go, it's, it's green lights. I never, get a, I never get a red light. Anybody else? I mean, it's just like I've got the button in my car. When I hit the gas pedal, every light turns green. That's how holy I am. That's how much glory invades my life. Y'all don't live like that? I mean, my kids obey on the first. I mean, I don't even have to say anything. I just go, and they, let me clean my room. Let me clean my room. Please let me take out the trash. That's how holy things are at my house. I haven't filled my car up with gas in like nine years. Come on now. Aren't we taught to, that's, that's what we're taught to do. We're taught to fake it. We are taught to put on a show and act like we're holy. And then we wonder why we're never full. Because he won't fill us up if we won't admit that we need to be filled. Some of you got full when you were like 16 years old. You've been fading ever since. But you won't admit that you're fading what you got when you were 16. And so now Jesus just walks on past you every Sunday And you become less and less and less and less filled because you won't admit it. So my question, last question, and then we're going to pray. Is there anybody else other than me that as we begin a brand new year that you would admit that you're ready to quit experiencing emptiness And become hungry enough to say there's got to be more and I don't want to settle for empty when he gave his life so that we could have life and life and more life and I'm so desperate for it I will not only admit it I will do whatever he says I have to do and when we come to that place We know this for a fact because we see it walked out in front of us. When we come to that place, and miracles and doors and breakthroughs and fullness opens up ahead of us, ahead of schedule, simply out of obedience. Father, this morning, a very real and a very transparent moment as we each take the time to examine our own life. Would you challenge us and remind us that we have the promise of fullness goes against your nature to see us empty I think it troubles you to see your children filling their lives full of stuff while walking around totally empty spiritually would you help us today I pray as we honestly evaluate our own condition and whether we've got everybody fooled to think that we float and that we glow and that we're blessed I pray that you would challenge us this morning to be very honest about our own condition and draw your attention to our emptiness so that we can be filled Father, I pray that if there's an area of our life where we're not obeying and that disobedience is causing us to leak, I pray that in Jesus' name right now we would become very obedient in this new year. And whatever you tell us to do, we'd do it. I ask you to do this. Would you stand with me this morning? Let me do this first and then I'm going to make a general altar call for all of us. But every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. If you're here and you do not know Jesus and you're not in relationship with him, then I know you're empty because there's nothing that satisfies. There's nothing that can feel like he can feel. And maybe you walked in this Sunday morning to start off a new year recognizing that you've got to have more and that more is Jesus. If that's you and you don't know Christ and you have not surrendered your heart and life to Him, you would like to do so we will not embarrass you. We want to just be able to pray intelligently and to offer you materials that will help you fill up your life with the right things. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and you can pull it right back down and say, that's me. I need to say I need to ask Jesus to become my Savior. I want a relationship with Him. I want to walk with Him. Then I'm going to make the assumption that under the sound of my voice everyone here knows Jesus. Then my question is simply this for you this morning. Are you full? Or is there emptiness in your life? And if the answer is there's emptiness then the second question is why? Because Jesus came for you to have fullness. But we have to admit it. We have to admit the emptiness. This is how I want us to start this year off. If you're here and you say, Steve, I recognize the emptiness of my own life. And I want to obey. And I want to admit it so that Jesus can start filling me up this year. I want all that Jesus has for me. Would you make your way to the altar this morning? Would you come and find a place to pray just for a few moments this morning together? Can we start this year off by making this declaration to Jesus? I want to be full of everything that you have for me. As they began to sing, would you take just a moment? in your own way, and just begin to talk to Jesus and say to him, Jesus, I need you to fill me.
0: And that so
1: Father, this morning, I ask you to hear our cry. For many of us that have responded this morning, you're going to have to uproot some things because we've allowed other things to take the spots and the places that were supposed to be reserved for you. And so we walk around. Feeling filled, but being empty. And so this morning, Father, I pray that you would first help us to identify what is filling our life and that you would begin to do surgery on us and that you would begin to uproot and remove all the substitutes, all the filler that have invaded the space that belongs to you. To put it in Bible terms, Jesus, we're asking you to remove all the idols out of our life. Anything that's taken the seat, the throne of our life, we're asking you to uproot it and to remove it in the name of Jesus. Father, we know this, when you do that, we're going to feel even more empty and there's going to be more of a void there. But we're asking you now to fill that place, that space with your presence and with the fullness that we've been promised through what Christ did on Calvary, fill our lives with fullness, I pray. And God, any area of disobedience that any of us have in our life that causes us to continue to leak, God, I pray that we would be overcome with a, a desire to obey you, that we would follow you. Whatever you say to do, Jesus, we'll do it. If, if, it's to, if it's to hold on, we'll hold on. If it's to walk away, we'll walk away. If it's to sow, we'll sow. If it's to work, we'll work. Whatever you say to do, we'll do it. Find in us obedient people. Find in us someone that will obey whatever you say to do. We'll do it. No negotiations. No, no arguments we will simply do what you say to do and Father I pray that as we do that you would begin to fill us Father we readily admit this morning that we're empty there's a void in our life and we want everything that belongs to us that's part of our inheritance as children of the King, fill us, I pray. And Father, I pray that what you would find in us over the coming weeks are people that are open and ready and fertile soil. That as we begin to talk about the, the, the concepts of what we're supposed to be full of, that we will be the kind of people that will respond and these things will take up root in our life and we will see a harvest of fullness. In us that will overflow to those around us. We will push you with obedience to experience fullness. In Jesus' name, would you lay your hand on your neighbor right now? Would you just begin to pray for your neighbor right now and say, Jesus, help them to be obedient. Come on, just, just say, begin to pray that over them. Pray obedience over them. Father, we pray for our brothers, our sisters, for obedience to overcome them obedience Father whatever you say to do regardless of how comfortable or uncomfortable we are with it we will obey what you say to do
0: I'll tell him this morning. I surrender all yes, Jesus. Jesus, I'm giving you a- It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember. You can't live without passion.